Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast, where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, I have a very special guest. This is uh, someone that works, this is Dr. Muir, another provider here at Novera Headache Center. And uh, we have a very interesting topic that I think a lot of, especially our female audience out there, which I would imagine most of you uh, are are women. Women are two to three times more likely to experience headaches and migraines. And with that come changes in hormones and hormonal-related re- migraines. But we're also going to talk about exercise and how that relates to that. So thank you for being on the Headache Doctor podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. So let's jump into it. Um, as we were reviewing... Uh, our notes and what to talk about. Uh, the first thing that we should do is just lay out sort of a foundation of what a, a normal cycle is. And uh, I guess before we jump into the weeds here again, it, if if you're if you are if you're female, uh, if you like to exercise, and then even in, if you if you just have headaches or migraines and are looking to be healthier, uh, you're going to glean information from this. I would even say, are our male listeners going to get something out of this too? Potentially. 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 We won't leave them out. Uh, But this is going to be extremely helpful for our female listeners. And so um, we're going to talk about the, the four phases of the menstrual cycle to start And then as we go, we'll get into some of the specifics of application and exercise. So don't tune out here as we talk about some of the nitty gritty, but let's, yeah, go ahead. Let's start with the, uh, the phases of the menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I think it would be helpful too, to start with like what cycle syncing is too and the purpose of it. So cycle syncing in like the past two, three years, um, has become a little bit more mainstream. It's become more, um, like you see it in articles or on social media, but there's still a lot of really big gaps in the literature regarding the female exercise to, or the female response to, um, exercise, whether that be just like the fluctuations in hormones throughout the month, um, and just how their bodies feel, how their bodies feel after exercise is a really big key. Um, so what cycle syncing tries to do is um, kind of match those like modes of exercise mm-hmm. based on what your hormones are doing throughout the month, which is great if your cycle is fairly regular and normal. But even if it's not, and even if there are some fluctuations in your cycle, there's still some really good takeaways because the biggest key is just listening to your body and paying attention to a lot of those cues that it's giving you. So yeah, I love it. I'm ex- I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> Um, because I just think this is going to be super helpful. So, uh, it's a topic we haven't really hit on, on the podcast before. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk through the different phases. Yes. So you got four phases. First phase, that first seven days or so Mm -hmm. is your menstrual phase. During that phase, um, your hormone levels, particularly estrogen and progesterone are really, really low. They're at their lowest throughout your whole cycle. Um, because of this decline, you can start to feel more physical symptoms like cramping, fatigue, bloating, breast tenderness, things like that, um, as well as some emotional changes like mood swings, irritability, um, even like mild sadness, depression, stuff like that. So that is that first phase. 
The second phase we want to look at is your follicular phase. So this is right after that menstrual cycle ends and that period right before ovulation. So during this phase, um, your pituitary gland is releasing that follicle-stimulating hormone, um, which is also stimulating the growth of um, follicles in the ovaries. And then as those follicles grow, they're producing more estrogen. So during this phase, you're getting a pretty steady increase in estrogen. Okay. Um, so with that, it's also impacting mood and energy. So you might feel a little bit more energetic, a little bit more, um, more like less sad, I guess. Yeah. That's the way to put it there. You just feel better. <laughs> yeah. You feel better. You feel, you, you kind of came out of the woods. So then the third phase that we start walking into is ovulation. So that's kind of happening right in the middle of the cycle. And at that point, we're releasing an egg from the ovary, um, and your estrogen levels are like surging. They're going way, way up, um, as well as the luteinizing hormone, which is then triggering the release of an egg. So during this time, you might feel like just more like energetic, more confident, all the good stuff. And then finally, that last phase is right after ovulation. You're looking at your luteal phase. Um, and then that is going to last between ovulation and the beginning of that next menstrual period. Um, and during this time, we're releasing more progesterone. Our bodies are producing more. So as that is rising and those estrogen levels are remaining um, pretty elevated, um, you might start to feel some more of those like PMS sort of symptoms. So like that bloating, the fatigue, breast tenderness, stuff like that. Um, but with that, um, there can be a lot of fluctuation there. So, but each of these changes in the hormones, this is what we're really focusing on today is what change and hormones happens during each of those phases. And then how is that going to impact the way you might want to move and exercise? Yeah. So we're going to talk about exercise. Uh, the, the interesting thing, if you've listened to the podcast before, where I talk about, uh, the hormonal related migraines and how, what we do can still be impactful is you've got the actual site of, of pain. So the tissue itself that's irritated, and then through each of these phases, uh, specifically estrogen and the level of estrogen is impacting whether it's your overall mood or your ability to tolerate those symptoms or that pain signal in your neck. And so we want to create an environment where people can, can move, where they can do the things that are healthy for their body. And, uh, maybe we're not changing uh, an irregular cycle to a regular cycle, or maybe we're not impacting hormones, but as physical therapists, we want to provide you with whatever we can to reduce the level of tension through your neck, through your shoulders. And so harmonizing this information with, okay, now how do we incorporate movement at the right time? It's amazing. So, and it makes it more sustainable. Because the idea behind this is that you're working with your body instead of working against it based yep. on those just physiologic changes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So let's, let's talk about what that looks like. Yeah. So going back to that menstrual phase, that first week of the cycle, um, again, that's when the estrogen and progesterone levels are the lowest. So during that time, you're probably going to feel a lot more fatigue. Um, but with that, moderate intensity sort of exercise can help alleviate some of those menstrual symptoms, help improve mood. We're, in, we're, we're releasing those endorphins, um, but also a lot of low impact activities like walking, swimming, yoga, Pilates, mm -hmm. what have you are definitely more recommended. Um, 
But the cool thing about this is that how it impacts recovery, it may be a little bit easier due to those lower hormone levels. And we'll kind of touch on that throughout the different cycles. Um, but because that estrogen is really low, recovery is a little bit smoother. Hmm. <clears throat> so when you say recovery, are we talking uh, like muscle recovery, like mm-hmm. less, like the period of soreness is reduced or less yes. soreness, things like that? Yep. Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. Because then, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, so in general, you want a lower intensity exercise, uh, but then you're going to be able to to maybe increase the frequency of exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay. But again, at, at that point, it's very important just to like prioritize how your body is feeling, prioritizing okay. rest and hydration and nourishing foods. Diet is really important at this point because we want to make sure that we're giving all the different, you know, building blocks there to optimize that recovery. Yeah. All right. So where do we go from there? So now we're in phase two. So that follicular phases, and this is when your estrogen is starting to rise a little bit more. So with that, you're getting better energy. This is where you might see a change in how your endurance feels. Um, So doing, you know, high intensity interval training might feel a little bit better or like cardiovascular heavy workouts. Um, This is the time to start playing around with that. Um, it also, because of that increase in estrogen levels, this is a great time to start implementing some strength training because mm. we're able to optimize that we have those increased estrogen levels and promote more muscle growth. All right. But with that, because of that slight rise in estrogen recovery also might be still fairly efficient. Um, but again, this is a time to continue to prioritize rest and nutrition and hydration. Yeah. So we've got Let's see. The first period, first phase is, uh, about a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, day one to seven and then, uh, second phase is a- another week. So is it like an actual like seven day week? Uh, I mean, I know the, <laughs> um, the first phase of me- like menstruation is can be like a five day window as far as people experience symptoms. It can be a five day window. It could be a ten day window. It could be that's okay. where there's a so lot there's of a little bit of there. okay. Yeah. So it's not as if it's day one, day seven, and eight on you start moving. Okay. Nope. And there's other ways to track that as mm-hmm. far as like temperature and just body changes that, sure. you know, if you're tracking those things, you can start paying attention to where that shift might be occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are just kind of general week guidelines to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. Four phases in the month. So we'll break it up into weeks. Yes. I, I got it. Okay. All right. So phase, phase two, uh, is going to be more, uh, strength training, higher intensity. You might see a little bit, a little bit of a difference in your ability to recover, but still pretty good. Yeah. At that point you're starting to feel better. So take advantage of it and go. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Phase three. Phase three is where this like peak of your energy, strength, and overall performance is going to happen. So okay. this is during our ovulation phase. Um, this is when it's really, really ideal to start doing um, higher intensity workouts, strength training still kind of from that last phase. But it's also a really good time to experiment with like power-based movements as well because our explosive movements um, are a little bit easier to do during this time because you've got increased energy and that's going to help impact like your coordination and things like that as well. Um, so this is kind of when you want to focus in on that. However, one of the things to keep in mind is that where recovery still might be really efficient during this time, some people might experience increased joint laxity. Hmm. So if you tend to have 
like hypermobility already, or if you tend to have joint pain and what have you, maybe, maybe don't do the power based movements, listen to your body again. So, yeah. So give us some examples of when you say power based movements, what might that look like? Think like any of like your explosive plyometric kind of movements. Okay. If someone I'm thinking of maybe like a college athlete, um, and depending on the sport, but I would imagine most of them, if they're, uh, in the height of that competition, I'm a soccer player. So this is a great time to compete. Yeah. Great time <laughs> to compete. Um, but training as well. So plyometric training, um, maybe if you're at a different phase of life and you're just trying to, uh, stay in shape and just look at overall health, um, are there different types of like home exercises that, that might be more power-based? Hey guys, if you are listening to this podcast, the chances are you have headaches or migraines and you're searching for relief outside of medication. Well, maybe you've tried different products on the market or devices, traction units, things like that, but they haven't really scratched that itch and provided you with the relief you're looking for. Well, what we've done here at Novera is taken the principles that we teach and abide by in our in-person care and come up with a product that allows you to apply those same pressures and improving mobility to the upper part of your neck at home. You see, it's called the SAM device, Simple Affordable Migraine Relief. And the device allows you to improve mobility to the upper part of your neck. And we are excited to announce that it's available today on our website. Visit NoveraHeadacheCenter.com. Click on the SAM device page where you can look at videos and learn more about the SAM product and purchase it for yourself and start treating your headaches and migraines more naturally without medication. Again, that's NoveraHeadacheCenter.com and click on the SAM device page to purchase your very own SAM device today. I mean, there's sure there's so many different things that we can just do with body weights. Yeah. Um, even like jumping movements, things like that. Like that's box jumps. Yeah. 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 Jump rope. Yeah. Jump okay. Squats. Yep. Which are my least favorite, but they're good. So yeah. Burpees. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, and then you said impact on recovery. So the, it can still be efficient, but you have to be more mindful of that. Yeah. And again, this is going to come down to just the individual and, mm -hmm. you know, every, everyone knows their body the best, right? Yeah. Because you've lived with it your whole life. So if you start to feel some aches and pains, this is a really good time to kind of hone in on that, like warm up, cool down, stretching, and really making yeah. sure that you're, you know, maximizing that as well. Yeah. That's stuff none of us like to do. Yeah. Maybe there's, maybe there's people that like to do it, but I personally like to just jump right into it. Yep. So this, yeah, this phase would be right up my alley. <laughs> okay, phase four. Phase four, this is when we're getting into that luteal phase. And so at this point, your estrogen is still remaining steady, but we're getting an increase in those progesterone levels. Mm -hmm. um, however, with this phase, we're often experiencing decreased energy levels and higher water retention rates too. Um, so this is another point in this cycle that maybe focusing on some of those lower intensity exercises might be a little bit more beneficial. Um, and this is also a period where, you know, fatigue might really be starting to creep back up. So listen to that. Don't fight into it. 
um, unless you're just like really, really have a routine that you love. But if this is kind of where you're leaning, just listen to that. Do like gentle stretching, go for a walk, yoga, Pilates, stuff like that. Um, just avoid overexertion. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is kind of going from that last phase, really paying attention to those like warm ups, cool downs, throwing some foam rolling. This is a great yeah. time for it. So, yeah. So it almost, it also sounds like there with each phase. Um, so one thing that we harp on here when we're providing someone with an exercise to do at home, it's important that we do it properly. Yeah. And, uh, oftentimes with home exercises, and by home exercises, I'm talking about maybe you uh, are on YouTube and you find uh, kind of a workout class you go through. Or um, growing up, we my parents really liked to do P90X. Um, or maybe you go to a uh, group fitness class. Um, so whatever it is, generally, when you're at home, you're being instructed to go through a series of exercises and... Um, it's assumed that you're you're having proper form. Now, a lot of exercises can be really uh, a, a good thing. Um, I mean, exercise is, is beneficial for a lot of different reasons. But if we're thinking about someone, especially in the phase three, you said if you have ex- like an increase in joint laxity, um, which may mean there's a lack of some stability there. And so it sounds like in phase one and phase four, you just have to be extra aware of like doing these movements uh, properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're going to fatigue a little quicker, pay attention to that. And and if you're in that phase of your cycle, uh, maybe you don't have the same expectation. And so you're not like beating yourself up for taking a break. Exactly. Because the idea here is creating something that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And again, it feels like you're working with your body instead of forcing it to do things that it's it's not in the position to do as well. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cause when it comes to exercise, the, the intensity is important. We want to get your heart rate up, uh, but the movement itself, like getting your joints to move in and out of certain positions is beneficial. And that's sort of, that's not dependent on a certain intensity level. Right. Right. Um, and so that's one thing we try to hit on and you can get that with, you know, with yoga, with just walking with those lower intensity movements. Um, but we also have benefits on the cardiovascular system when we get the intensity up. Uh, but then there's that, like I was saying, there's sort of that balance between too intense so that you're compensating, which if, if you got uh, shoulder dysfunction, uh, and your levator scapula, which runs from your shoulder to your neck is having to do a ton of work. Your neck's probably not going to be too happy with you. Um, if you push through something that, uh, you're, you're compensating with. Especially in a phase, like, for example, like during ovulation where, um, there may be a little bit more joint laxity, Mm -hmm. those muscles are going to be working a lot harder to create that stability. Mm -hmm. So if you already have some sort of baseline of those muscles already working really hard to just like keep your posture up and keeping your head up, um, adding in that extra layer of joint laxity can also be another component that could be a trigger for people. Yeah, absolutely. And you had mentioned uh, before we started recording that there's there's a gap in the literature. Like this is 
an area that needs to be researched better. So much. Yeah. There are huge, huge gaps when it comes to the female body and um, the response to exercise, both as far as hormones go, um, as well as recovery, as well as just optimizing what kind of exercise for when mm -hmm. is important. There's you know, a huge lack of data. There's quite a bit of data when it comes to, you know, the male body and how it responds to exercise and recovery and all of that. But historically, there, there's not that with females. And so this is still something that's emerging. A lot of the cycle syncing data is data. I say that with air quotes. It's a lot of it is anecdotal and a lot of it is based in theory. Um, but it's still worth you know, something to look into. And I, I've actually had a few patients start doing that and building a routine based on their cycle. And it's, if anything, it's created an opportunity to make something more sustainable. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, being mindful, yeah. uh, which a lot of people, um, will benefit greatly from just understanding your body and listening to your body. Yeah. Oftentimes we need permission to do that. Um, I feel like, uh, oftentimes the allopathic system is, is sort of drawing people away from that. Um, like here, just take this intervention mm -hmm. as opposed to listening to the patient or listening and, and having, encouraging the patient to listen to their own body. Uh, what, what are some, uh, so we also talked about how, if, if someone doesn't have a regular cycle, um, how they can navigate this. So with that, I always tell people to really pay attention to what does your fatigue feel like? Do yeah. you have any joint achiness? Like what what do you feel like when you do different sorts of activities? Because there may be one day that taking a like brisk walk feels awesome and you're like super energized afterwards and you're just feeling really good. And then there's other days that that same brisk walk might have you feeling like you just need to lay on the floor for a mm. while. So those are the things to start paying attention to because um, your body's going to tell you. You just kind of have to stop and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So the takeaway is don't get caught up in this, like understanding what specific phase you're in so much, Yeah. unless you're able to, um, understand that in, in yourself and, uh, being mindful of your body and just understand that the expectation, uh, depending on the time of the month might not be to work out as, as high of an intensity and, uh, maybe you dial it back. Yeah. Uh, and to not beat yourself up when, you know, your body doesn't feel yeah. like it's cooperating to where you want it because it's, it's much easier to create a sustainable routine where you're working with how you feel versus kind of guilting yourself into doing exercises that you just might not feel up to doing. Yeah. And if you, if you have hormonal migraine symptoms, uh, the, Phase one of menstruation is there's a, that five day window there that, um, generally women will experience their migraine symptoms. So the, 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 when we're adding symptoms onto this, uh, it might make sense to lower your intensity cause you just don't have the capacity anymore. Yeah. And, uh, but doing something, uh, if, if possible would be the avenue that, uh, just again, there's benefits to that intensity being higher, but if you can just move, walk, do some yoga, just get your body in and out of certain positions and, uh, give the joints the, the movement they're looking for, giving certain muscles a break, uh, all that. And so it's, yeah. And then when you do have the opportunity to take advantage of the feel good moments. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Becca, anything else for us? No, I think that about sums it up. Yeah.
This is fantastic. I, I really do. I think this is going to be, um, I think this is going to be a popular podcast. I think this is going to be something that people have not heard before. Even our very health minded population or health minded, minded listeners, uh, will probably be able to glean a lot from this. And, uh, I love the fact that I, I really think it's going to empower people because connecting the dots between, Hey, I've been diagnosed with a hormonal migraine and what does my neck have to do with that? Uh, and then this is sort of, it, it sort of complements everything that we're trying to do with people, uh, and then provides them with the education, that empowerment. So yeah, it fits in so well. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. By the way, if you are a listener and if you're local, if you're from out of state, and you have been considering coming out here for treatment, I just want you to know that Dr. Muir is uh, excellent at what she does. And um, as evidenced by the podcast and the conversation we just had, uh, you can work with her. And uh, I'm I'm the face, the voice uh, of Novera. And, um, but behind the scenes, so you get past me, and there's a lot of very wonderful people that actually uh, do a better job than I do. And Becca's one of those. So, um, I appreciate you being part of the team. Uh, thank you guys so much, the listeners for listening to the headache doctor podcast. As always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines. So you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication, allowing you to thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options in how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast and I'll see you next week.